football after dark. I don't know what this is like football vocal express after dark. after dark. This is we're gonna be doing a quick one today, boys. Today I am joined by uh, professional sports broadcaster and pro football focus employee Nate Kuiper. Hi. And number one Chiefs fan Matt Dustman. Yo, go Kansas City! Woo! Corey is sleep. Yes, he's sleep. He's uh. Corey did sleep. Playing too so, much. But Genshin that means Impact. Justin can come back. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we tag we tag Corey off for Jubby today. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, I know you're listening. Stop bitching about how I'm not episodes, you motherfucker. I'm here. <laughs> I'm Damn, here. I'm here. Said it. Patron Ben. Speaking of, speaking of patron Ben, uh, what wh- what did the shitgate game tell us about the Browns? Uh, that in that in order to beat the Browns, uh, the secret sauce is the quarterback has to take a big old poop during the game. Lamar took the Browns to the Super Bowl and then was like, "Shit, wait, that's not what's supposed to happen," and then beat the Browns. <laughs> He, he keeps coming out saying that that's not what happened. I, the fucking video, he was doing the poop walk, and we all know it. Just, that's, <laughs> that was the poop walk. He could, he could come out with the IV because he was, you know, he shat out all his water. I get it. He might not have been in a wheelchair to hide the streaks, but that's because he was already wearing dark pants. Can't, like, you can't hide it, Lamar. You, did, you had the poop shake walk. Oh, you should just own up to it. You, you should just own up to it. You had the Superman moment, and then Baker had his Superman moment. Browns came back from two scores down. Then they tied the game. Too fast, by the way, because when you're running practice squad guys out in the secondary, Lamar Jackson throw the ball. Oopsie. But yep. like, that was the biggest. That was the biggest mistake of the game. I, I think Kareem Hunt just scored too fast, which I know resident Justin over there. But you can't score too fast, especially when you're down by seven. And to that, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. But uh, my, like I just said, you had practice squad guys practically in your secondary because you're beaten up. You can't really stop anybody because of that. No, my, my, you, my and, argument always for scoring too fast is like there's too much contextual shit in football where like when you have an opportunity to score, you just have to take it because that opportunity isn't always going to pre- present itself. You don't pick when you can score. You never like, pick a moment to score in football. It doesn't happen. The only team that I contend that that doesn't apply to is Kansas City, though. I mean, maybe. But even then, like that shit doesn't always work. It's not like... Scoring in scoring in football is not like not like moving a piece in chess. You don't just get to do it whenever you want. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I, the way I just feel like the way that I feel like it's a little different in every game and in that particular game where either defense couldn't stop anybody. I think that like if the Brown if Cream Hunt would have gotten tackled inside the five and then the Browns had four chances to get in the end zone but also run off like thirty more seconds. I think it would have worked in their favor because Lamar Jackson got the ball back with a minute seven to go and a timeout. And when you have the best kicker in NFL history who can also opera, they only need you get a touchback. The ball gets put at the 25. They only needed 30 to 35 yards to get in a field goal position. They had a minute to get 35 yards. Replay, basically. Here's. Yeah, that the I agree with Justin that contextually there's so many things that can go wrong, but also contextually, 
if the game flow is such that neither defense can stop anybody, you know what I mean? Like the, the Ravens couldn't stop the Browns all day. So what would make, or I should say the, the Browns were having difficulty stopping the Ravens through a large portion of that game. So what makes you think other than just like putting, you know, foolish pride into your defense, what makes you think that they're going to stop them now? You know what I mean? Like it's that type of stuff. Like, like if it was a situation like like the Super Bowl a couple years ago, the Rams Raiders, um, offense could do anything, then I agree that like yeah, there's probably oh, Kiefer, your your audio is dying. Kiefer's going through a hot zone. He is. He is. There you are. Okay, wait, you're back. But yeah, like in a game like the the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, where neither offense could do anything, then I think there's there's you become a legible again. I think I know what you're saying. Kuiper on the podcast. I think today. I understand what you're saying, though. It's like, yeah, there, there's like, uh, there, there, there are contextual situations with that. I just like, I don't know. It's, Sorry, it's guys, difficult. I'm like, what if. I'm relying on my data connection. Yeah, there's, there's, there's too many variables. I, I think there's just too many variables in football to intentionally not score. Yeah. At the same time, when I you're get down. where you're coming from. When you're the down. Browns defense, the Browns defense should have stopped them. Should have. But, I don't know. I, the way every game plays, I, I, I feel like you have to read you have to read the tea leaves, as they say. And the tea leaves there said, defense, shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a goofy, that's a goofy concept. But, uh, I don't know, it's, like, to me, uh, we're, are we cool with saying that, that Cleveland's a good football team now? Are we allowed to say that? I've been I... saying it for weeks. Here's my take on the Browns when the season started was, had we had a regular, you know, not COVID-related offseason, I had the belief that they were going to be the third best team in the conference. Like just based on everything they did in the off season. Now we had the COVID off season, you know, and let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Like there've been times where the Browns haven't looked good and it was a lot early. You know, they got boat raced by the Ravens. The first time they played them, the Steelers beat the heck out of them. Like, you know, they lost, they, they won a couple games where they almost choked it away. They had that game, against the Raiders where they were just awful offensively against the bad. Well, they played in a monsoon. They played in a monsoon in the Raiders. No, 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 that's true. Like there was bad weather, you know? So there were times where it was like, yeah, it it definitely looks like this team could have benefited from, you know, a normal, a normal off season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not surprised that this team is good. This team should be good with the talent it has. Like I'm not surprised at all. Am I surprised that they put up 40 on the Ravens' defense? Yeah, I, I would say I'm a little surprised about that. Um, 
I also think that that game all but solidifies that Odell Beckham Jr. is not coming back next year. I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he is or not. How's his? What's what's his contract? Most, I think, most of like the heavy parts of his contract like are are done. Like they're good. Okay. Because like the, the Giants were paying him for the first like I think year he was there. And the Browns paid him this year. I think. I don't know. Like, I, I think I, I think they're gonna keep Odell for one more year just to see what happens now that the offense has gelled the way it has. Um, yeah. It's just it's just interesting. The the I think my favorite thing about wow, that car does have snow that car has snow on its rearview window and he can't see behind him. What a f- idiot. Anyway, um I think my favorite thing about the Browns this year has been the maturation and growth of Bakerfield in the sense that he has gotten better every week. Um, one, one of the biggest knocks on Baker is that he's a one-read quarterback and that if you pressure him and he can't get the ball to his first read, he's going to struggle. And two weeks in a row, he has been able to get through his progressions and find the open guy when he's needed to. And I think that speaks volumes to his game and ability and maturation. And I, I, while it's while he still has some growing to do, I think the fact that he is still improving has him leaps and bounds above almost every other quarterback in his draft class. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Josh Allen's maturation this year is probably more impressive based on where he was. My my thing with Josh Allen is that he, he, he has had an organization that has actually uh, backed him from day one where the Browns were a shitter until this year. So I, I, I think that, like, Baker it, it lost a year or two of his ability to grow or mature in the sense that he had a shit organization. I mean, okay, let's, 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 let's shift gears and talk about the bills for a second, but the bills do all the good analytical things. They got speed on the outside. They throw the ball on first down almost more than any other team. They're a team that can't run the ball. Like they can't run the ball at all, but they still use like top. I think it's like top 10 or top 15 play action. Because play action, even when you can't run the ball, worked. Like they just they they brought in talent to support Allen. They got the defense together. Sean McDermott's been there for a few years. They actually had like an organization to grow. Whereas Baker had three different head coaches, offensive line rotations, defensive struggles. I, I think like if we. Give it like a couple, give it another year or two, and we'll be able to properly compare Baker to Allen as who won in that draft class because now Baker has the chance to catch up with an organization that finally seems like they're backing. Yeah. I, well, no, I, I definitely agree that this year has been best. Case. Well, we talked about it going into this year with everything they did through the draft and, you know, getting Kareem Hunt's. And how stacked this offense was like, we, we all said like, this is this, if Baker doesn't succeed with what he has right now, it's over. Right. Right. 
like that was just stuff. So like that's really something that I'm not shocked. That would be you know, because he was supposed to be well he he, he, he was supposed to I, I don't think it's shocking. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's shocking because Baker was supposed to do well. Right. And, and we, he has and, lived up lived up to expectation. But and I, we I, have and I was gonna all of uh, other thing I was gonna say was and we've seen even prior to this year little glimpses of like we're randomly like every other couple weeks Baker would have a week, even with Freddie Kitchens and even with, you know, Hugh Jackson, where he would rip a team up and we're like, okay, like this is what he's capable of. And then obviously it would fall flat. Whereas I think Allen's progression from the first two years to this year has been like, as, as opposed to like up and down with Baker, whereas like Baker would have a great game, then a shitty game, then a great game, then a shitty game. Allen has more like, he was kind of just like steadily below average every week. And then, like this year, he just shot up like massively. So I think where where you're getting to is like Allen had those like remedial years, and now he's like really hitting his stride. Whereas Baker has kind of been like up and down, and now he's kind of hitting his stride. Like the lows of Baker have maybe not been the lows of Josh Allen, but their highs could be equal, given that they both now have teams that can support them. So, right, do we well, all? How, how do we feel about the uh, the coronation though of the Bills from a lot of people as like now the second best team now that they've beaten Pittsburgh? I think. I mean, it, or they rough, the Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia is going crazy, but and now you have people saying the Bills are the best team in the NFL. They're the team that no. can get. They're they're the team that can beat Kansas City, even though no. Kansas City clapped their ass weeks ago. No. Here's, I just, they're not beating Kansas City. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. Their, their, their defense has gotten better, but they still can't stop the run. And the things that they say, quote-unquote, that can be used to beat Kansas City, running the ball and having a pass rush, they're a team that blitzes and can't run the ball. They do the two things in the opposite direction that, quote-unquote, beats the Chiefs, which, I mean, spoiler warning, that doesn't really beat the Chiefs either because they found ways around it. But you know, I, I I don't see I don't see them beating the Chiefs. I really don't. I th- they could make the AFC Championship game. I think the I think the Nick Wright Colin Coward bets like absolutely insane. I definitely think the Bills can win one to two playoff games unless they play. I think the Browns beat the Bills one hundred percent. I think if the Browns had to play the Bills in the in first round of the playoffs. The Browns could take that game. Uh, Nick, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Chunt can get together and run roughhouse on that Bills defense. And then Josh Allen is streaky. He's been progressively, you know, progressively increasing, getting better, and he's looked really great this year. But he's also had his lows. And if, if Josh Allen has to play from behind, starts taking chances that won't be good when Miles Garrett's in his face. Bless me, I sneezed. But yeah, I, so, uh, I, I don't I, I think, think that's how it is. I don't think I don't think the. Here's what I'll say, and this is going to be a hot take. Um, if we're assuming that every team is operating 
at their fullest capacity. And what I mean by that is, and I don't necessarily mean that they're all healthy. And I don't mean, because no one's fully healthy, like, at this point, right? Right. But if we're, oper- if we're operating under the assumption that every team is going to have their quarterback, is going to have enough of their offensive and defensive pieces together to play the type of game they want to play, right? Uh-huh. The second best team in the AFC is the Ravens. That's that, that's how I feel. Like, if the Ravens have Lamar Jackson and they have their running backs and they have enough, like, Calais Campbell and Judah, William, if they have their corners and defensive players, they're the second best team. Now, I don't know because Lamar. I think it, it, it the the Ravens' success hinges totally on Lamar being able to throw the ball, not Lamar being able to run the ball because he can run the ball. It's can he throw the ball when he needs to, and when he does throw the ball and it's accurate, can Hollywood Brown not drop the ball? <laughs> What's up with all AFC these weapons North? and you don't use them? Well, maybe if you caught the ball, Hollywood. I mean, you did. You got you got the big play in the Browns game. I, give you credit there but like this man's drops balls all the time yeah <laughs> yeah and they need mark andrews back and they, no i i agree that like that's why that's why the caveat was if if we're assuming that these teams are going to have their full compliments are going to play the way they want to play the ravens are still it, the way i look at it is i look at the afc playoff picture and Obviously, the Ravens can't beat the Chiefs. I don't think they will. But because it's, you know, just, you know, they're living rent-free in their heads. But I think the only team in the entire AFC playoff picture, other than the Chiefs, that I could see the Ravens not winning against is Tennessee. So, like, and they're both going to be wildcard teams. So in my mind, the way I'm looking at it is I, I would be comfortable to beat every team in the AFC other than another wildcard team that they're likely not going to face. And that 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 game's probably not going to happen because Tennessee would likely have to play Kansas City and Kansas City would beat Tennessee. Right. So I know we're, we're spending a lot of time in the AFC because there's only one NFC person here. Um well, no, we can talk about we can talk about the NFC. Are, no, are the Packers gonna... are the Packers for real or are they frauds? Um, I'm gonna say half fraud. I I don't think they're either. The one, I, I really the, the only the only time the Packers played a really good defense this year, they got kind of decimated by the Bucks. I think the Packers deserve to be the one seed. They've they've been the most consistent. They've played better football when they've needed to, but they're like Kansas city in that they don't really put this away. Their defense isn't that great. And, um, I, maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. I think like if the Packers get to play like the Seahawks or, uh, or the saints, if, if the Packers get to play the Seahawks or the Saints, they're going to win. I think if the Packers have to play the bucks or, the Rams, they lose. I think if the Rams make the playoffs, I mean, the Rams should, they're winning. They, I think if the Rams win the NFC West, they make the playoffs, and then they go on to play the Packers, I think the Rams beat the Packers. I think that defense can uh, stifle, stifle? Yeah, stifle 
uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I here's okay. Well, here's the thing: the Rams' defense is man. Like a lot of people are saying, like that's probably the best defense that gives you a shot against these offenses, like the Packers and the Chiefs, because like they just have the horses, right? Like, right. You need you need a solid standout lockdown corner. They have one. Technically, they have two when you consider how good uh, Darius Williams is playing. They yep. play a ton of too high too high safeties. They don't blitz. They get immense amounts of pressure with only four guys. Right. Right. I mean, if you're talking about a defense that can get pressure with four dudes, like a defense with Aaron Donald. They could get pressure with three because Aaron Donald sucks up two blockers. Yep. So the Rams, it's their offense, dude. Like, it's just Jared Goff. We're talking about streaky quarterbacks. Jared Goff this year has been. He is, and he's been thrown under the bus by McVay a couple of times. My, My thing with the Rams offense is that I think. I think what what uh, hurt McVay in the Super Bowl two years ago and hurt McVay last year was that, and I think we kind of you know talked about it. He has every man has a job and do that job, everything works. But it, it, I, McVay was kind of stuck in his mindset of it's my offense and my offense is my offense, where he has been very uh, a- adaptive this year. I think. The greatest strength of McVeigh this year is that he's been able to change the offense on the fly. Yep. And the fact that that offense has given different looks, and some weeks they, they some weeks they've been able to run the ball. A couple of weeks when Goff's been on, you know, they can get a deep ball. Uh, other week, they they'll get you with the really short passing game, the the Pittsburgh offense, and, and like the, the fact that they've been able to change it up. I I think that makes the Rams dangerous. Well, yeah, especially um. I, I think they'll be. I think you're right. Where part of it, I think, is a progression of uh, McVay's coaching, where I, I think uh, him and his, like him and his staff, are getting a little bit more creative with like how they approach their game, especially on defense too. That's a that's they're they have a, that's a really solid like dynamic defensive scheme with a strong backfield and like. That's why the Rams have been able to pick it up. Because if you remember correctly, like towards the beginning of the season, that Rams defense not playing as well as it is now. No, they, they, they had a, it, yeah. yeah, they had a scheme change, and now, now it's when, been working. When they fired, when uh, they fired, which uh, uh, balls a steel move, by the way. When, when did he fire Wade Phillips? Was it before the season or during? The season? I can't remember. I thought it was before, before the season. Yeah. Before. Before, okay. Well, then I think that speaks to the defense at the beginning of the season. They had a new coordinator with no preseason to adjust. Yeah. I think now that they've adjusted, mm-hmm. they've fully developed a new scheme. Maybe, maybe this is the correct... I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if this is the correct way to view the Rams. I think the Rams have the highest floor, but maybe the, the lowest, lowest ceiling. ceiling. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get something very, very stable from the Rams. And basically, what that means is, if the Rams catch you on a bad day, they will obliterate you. Like if if you if you're not if you're not playing well against the Rams, 
for four straight quarters on any given quarter, they can make you go three and out twice and score 14 points in a quarter. And next thing you know, you're either down 14 or that lead you have is now gone. Right. Right. So the Rams, the Rams play this like every other team in the, every other team in the playoff, even the Chiefs, have you know varying floors and ceilings. The, the floor of the Kansas City Chiefs is that first quarter against the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> like when when Pat is reverting back to Texas Tech, Pat. And well, it's, it's, finally, that interception luck finally goes against him. Yeah, because like, those those interceptions were all tip passes. Right, like the interception luck. The the thirty yard sack on the Konami code play that he likes to do, like <laughs> we've seen we've seen the floor for Seattle, we've seen the floor for Tampa, like we haven't even talked about the Saints yet. That's probably why Corey isn't here because he doesn't want to talk about the Saints losing to Philadelphia. But like even the Saints, we've seen like like what like for for stretches of time, like dude, what the hell are they doing? Whereas like the Rams are just like. Even when they're not playing good, they're still in it. You know what I mean? Like, even when the Rams aren't playing particularly well, it's not like they're... Like, what's the worst game the Rams have played this year? Probably the the, the Giants game, right? They won. They won by two. This is true. So, or maybe or maybe you look at the Buffalo game where they were getting... Well, did they win that one? Because I know they were down by a lot because they, they played really bad, but then they came right back. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, because their floor is so low and because their floor is so low, they evaporated that lead that Buffalo had because their defense is good enough. They're like, okay, we're going to get two stops because our defense is going to settle in. And they did. And the next thing you know, the Rams are, they didn't even stop running the ball that game. They were down like multiple scores and they just kept running the ball. They're like, okay, like we can stay the course and, and get back into this game. And they did. And that's like what makes the Rams so scary is that you're going to get on like the list of say there's like 10 different variables of a, of a team that you can get. You know what I mean? Like 10 being like, this is apex. We're hitting our stride. We're, we're calling everything up. We're hitting like all of our marks. And then one is just like a catastrophe, right? Where nothing goes right. Right. Say, say instead of 10 options for like the playoff team, say there's only like six, right? Uh Uh-huh. For the Rams, there may only be four. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if the Rams are hitting on one of those two results, their top two results, I agree with you. I think the the Packers, man, I, and, and Justin, I know you can talk about this. Like, I understand the Packers have been winning, but like, outside of that Bears game, like, I just don't feel confident. Like people talk, people, I always see the score from that like Sunday night game. And especially now, cause it's a big deal when the Packers beat the the saints. And if everyone was talking about how amazing Aaron Rodgers looked in that game, they won that game by seven. Well, that's, <laughs> by a touch, by a touchdown. Well, here's what I'm worried about though. Right. Because like Aaron Rodgers, like I think undoubtedly now is playing an MVP caliber season. Right. Like it's it, it's going to come down to the wire between him and Patrick for MVP. Yeah, that's well. The, here's a, yeah, the the real it's between them. I think uh, the real debate begins an offensive player of the year. I, I have no idea who gets that. No idea. Yeah, but so, 
I think we give it to Derrick Henry if he gets 2,000 yards, though. He, he needs 450 sure. rushing yards. For, for needs- sure. If, yeah. I didn't mean to tangent, Justin. You can talk about the Packers. I just, I, I really like the, the debate between Offensive Player of the Year with what players are doing. But, like, you go ahead and talk about the Packers first. Yeah, so, now, that's great for Aaron Rodgers, right? But that exactly right there is the thing that worries me about the Packers, right? Because you have Aaron playing so well and also having to play so well. You see this all the time with teams that have, like, a quarterback that wins MVP, right? Yeah. Where the reason why usually they're, they have, like, so many crazy stats and they're playing so well is because they have to. Mm-hmm. And you're getting Not, yeah. that, you're getting a, a part of that with the Packers this year. Where Aaron Rodgers has had to, you know, throw the Packers into games. Yeah, like they've gotten better. I think Matt LaFleur is a really good head coach for them, but I agree with you, Justin. At times, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing them back into games. Like, like I mentioned, their defense isn't entirely consistent, and uh, Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon are cool, but Devontae Adams carries them. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why Devontae Adams is in the Offensive Player of the Year consideration as well. Yeah, because he's been incredible. You yeah. can make, I, I, and I like that you brought that point up for MVP because, like, you can make the argument, like, that second year when Pat won MVP, he had to play that well because that was when the Chiefs' defense was abysmal. Right. Yeah, he, it was like Pat won in spite of the Chiefs instead of the Chiefs and Pat winning, which is right. kind of what Aaron Rodgers is doing this year, which is why I think, as of right now, I think Aaron Rodgers could deserve the MVP. Because like the Chiefs, they have all the weapons everywhere. Uh, like if you play, if you play one high safety man coverage and blitz, Tyreek Hill gets you fifty yards. If you don't blitz and you play too high, Travis Kelsey's wide open in the middle of the field. Like he he has so much to work with and so much scheming to do. Whereas Aaron Rodgers is like, well, fuck it, Devonte Adams down there somewhere. <laughs> fuck it, MVS about to drop a pass. <laughs> Anyway, I, I gotta go, so you guys can continue what you're doing. Okay. Bye, Fat Pod. I love you. Love you. But yeah, so, I, I don't know. In, like, a lot of it has to, like, lean on the Packers' defense, right? Because the other aspects of the offense are still really good, too. Like, right? Like, Aaron Jones has been amazing, as he's always been, you know? I was gonna say, we we, we kind of are, like, shunning Aaron Jones. It's I don't not think that we, we don't, like... It's not that Aaron Jones isn't good. It's just that, like, it's the we're t- talking about, yeah, to, like, do what, like, the thing that's best for running backs in the lead, which, which is, like, playing with a, with a great lead. Because Packers' oh, yeah. leads don't last. That's the problem. <laughs> Teams catch up really quick. Like, a lot of games the Packers are winning here by, like, one or two scores, right? They're blowing them out in the first half. It's what you got. It's what it's what happened last year. You guys were one of the best second half teams in the NFL, or first half teams in the NFL, and then in the second half, it's just like Matt Lafleur kind of, you know, the well dries up, and you know, Jairi Alexander's out there on an island covering one receiver, and other teams are just like, all right, let's just not throw at Jairi Alexander. Just run the ball. Yeah, just run the ball, <laughs> and we can get back into these games. Right. That's the problem. 
But um, I still think that the Packers have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. I think this is the bet. This is the best chance that the Packers have had to get to the Super Bowl in probably like the last five six years. I the agree that they have. This is a really good team. Like people could try to downplay it all they want. When you get to this point in the season, and you're still winning games. You're a good team. Mm-hmm. It's it's when you get to these. It's when you get to like late November and December, when like shit really starts coming together. And the good teams really start standing out. Is there a little bit of a worry? Because uh, a lot of people have been talking about when Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and was talking about winning MVP. You know, this year was kind of that year, you know, drafting Jordan Love and all that type of stuff and lighting a fire under Aaron's ass and like, getting him motivated and all that stuff. And it seems to have worked. But now that he's starting to talk about like, oh, it would be really nice to win MVP. It'd be really nice to do that. Like, is there like a worry that like, oh, no, Aaron, please don't. <laughs> like, like, please don't start, start talking about like individual awards. I think he's allowed to talk about individual awards. I never really cared about that stuff. Yeah. As far as like stuff with like individual stuff like that with players go, I really would care less. I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. If he wants, to, he wants to talk about how he wants to win MVP, then that's on yeah. him, you know, as long as it doesn't change the way he's playing, which it clearly isn't. I've been playing right. amazing. That's why he's allowed to have that conversation, you know? So I, right. I'm not too worried about it. I think it'll do just fine. I think uh, there is a good chance that Aaron Rodgers does win MVP, and then when he does, we'll lose in the NFC Championship game. Hooray! <laughs> What's new, baby? Yeah, you lose the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know who you... Maybe the Rams. Who knows? Rams are the... Or the Rams or are the, the big... Ram, the Rams are the big scary. Yeah, the Rams are the Saints. Once Drew Brees comes back, the Saints are going to be mega scary again. I, think people, I don't... I, dude, I don't know, man. Yeah. I really do think I so. I think... I don't know, dude. That That team is... You know, I, I don't want to get too calculated football about this, and I know we didn't spend a lot of time on the Saints with the Eagles thing, but you guys, you guys listen to sports media. Everyone's been talking about Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. We don't need to talk about Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Um, I, there's a lot of people that I follow on Twitter that do a lot of like, you know, game by game statistical tracking, you know, with EPA and completion percentages and things like that. And a lot of them, even when the Saints were winning, a lot of these people that I that I follow were just like, I'm just not sold, man. Like something about this team feels not phony, but it just feels like they're kind of just leaning on teams and the teams aren't leaning back. And like the second another team like punches back to the Saints. Like, they don't know how their Saints are going to react, which is what the Eagles did. The Eagles literally did that. The Eagles were just like, we're not just going to let you punch us around. Like, we're going to punch back. And, like, there's a lot to be said about, like, oh, look what Jalen Hurts did for this offense. Like, what's not being talked about is the Eagles, or I should say, the Saints have not given up a 100-yard rusher in, like, two years. They gave up two 100-yard rushers in the same game. Yeah. against the, the Eagles. 
So there's this precedent of like, oh, you you don't run on the Saints because they want. Maybe it's just that teams don't bother trying. Do you know what I mean? And once the Eagles started going, like they were moving the ball on the Saints. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. and again, every, everyone talks about all oh, the city was out. It was outdoors in the cold in Philadelphia, and again that that leads to a a conversation about. You know, the Saints overall, like, you have to be able to play outdoors, man. I'm sorry. Like, it's the National Football League. It's your grown men. You're getting paid to play this. You're getting paid to play this game. You need to be able to play outdoors in the cold. And and Corey's joked about it, even. Corey's been like, dude, if we have to go to Green Bay, we're going to lose. Like, I hope we don't have to go to Chicago or we're going to lose. I hope we don't have to go to Philadelphia or we're going to lose. It's just this understood idea about the Saints that for whatever reason, they just lose this, like, this edge when, you know, they're outdoors in the cold or a team is being overly physical with them. And, again, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about the Rams, but Rams can do that. You know, the, the Packers could even do that with Aaron Jones and their running game. Like, you know, Tampa... Has, has been able to, I don't know if Tampa's going to beat the Saints, but like Tampa has shown that they can be physical at times, at least defensively. Um, the Bucks. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Drew Brees changes that. I think it just, I think it makes, I think Drew Brees being there just helps the, just helps the Saints out more, like as far as like being more dynamic offensively. The problem with like having Taysom Hill as your quarterback, and this is why Taysom Hill is not the quarterback of the future Saints, is that like he, Incredibly one-dimensional and not a great thrower of the football. That was accurate really? somebody like Drew Brees. Like, yeah, Drew Brees doesn't really, doesn't, you know, grow far anymore, but so immensely accurate. Right. That he, he makes, he makes, like, these incredible balls happen all the time. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I believe you have to go pretty soon. I do. Um. Just one more thing I wanted to touch on, uh, then we can go over the Thursday night game. I want I want to just talk about the Bucks for a second, because like I, I don't know, it's it's so strange to me. I don't know if you agree with me or not on this, but like it still like, kind of feels weird to me that the Bucks are like a playoff team because like man, they're a, they're a team that like has like a serious identity problem. Oh, for sure, and. Like, I don't know, maybe they're just getting by on their raw talent or anything. But, like, most Bucks games just, like, look, look really uncomfortable, man. Like, this team is just uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't even know if they make past one playoff game, if I'm being honest. Because once it gets to crunch time, it's... It's not hyperbole to say if the Vikings had any other kicker other than Dan Bailey, the Vikings win that football game. Right. And... No, you're exactly right. The, the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a perfect example of the of, of why going out and again we've we've seen this happen before with with football teams. You simply can't just go out and just throw a bunch of talent on a football team and it works. It's not basketball. It doesn't work that way. Like, there needs to be a direction, there needs to be an identity, there needs to be, this is where we go when this is happening, this is who we're going to when this is happening, this is how we can attack our opponent creatively, 
you know, creativity and offensive play calling and, and all that type of stuff. Like the Buccaneers on paper are like probably one of the most talented teams in the league just on paper. Right. Uh But that doesn't win games in the NFL. People think that like if Tampa Bay goes to the playoffs this year and loses in the first round, everyone's just going to be like, ha ha. I told you Tom Brady's washed. Ha ha. Like, you know, it was this and it was that like, and, and that's such like lazy analysis when everyone should have been looking at Tampa as like, if they can't get this identity figured out, it's not going to matter if they have Tom Brady. You know what I mean? It's not going to matter if they have Antonio Brown. It's not going to matter if they have Leonard Fournette because they don't have an identity. They don't know which way to go in any given game situation. They, like you said, they basically just like shove square pegs into round holes because they're more talented than everybody. Right. And, and you can squeak out 10 wins like that. But if you go to the playoffs and you're on the road and you're going up against a team that, you know, maybe they make it past the first round and a team has had a bye week to prepare for them, you know, they're, they're going to get bounced, especially if they have to go up against the saints again, because the saints have absolutely annihilated them both times they played. Yeah. So no, I don't, I, I, I can understand what you're, I'm not like, Tampa's a good team. It's just that I don't know, man. This team would have really, really, really re- out of any team in the NFL that would have benefited from a a, a regular off season. This team is number one on the list. Yeah, like easily number one. The other teams on the list would be like the teams with rookie quarterbacks and the teams with rookie head coaches, but like Tampa Bay with just the sheer amount of new pieces that came onto that team, they would have so much benefited from a regular off season. So. Well, I think, I think they'll, they'll improve next year, but they have to have to get more used to each yeah, other. For sure. Um, for sure. Do you want to preview, I guess, technically tonight's game? Uh, Chargers, <laughs> Chargers Raiders. Yeah. All right. Here's my preview for Chargers Raiders. All right, yeah, go ahead. Um, Derek Carr is going to look crappy again. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think, I think Derek Carr used up all his juices against the chiefs. I think the Raiders are just like a shell of whatever that was that we saw against the chiefs on Sunday night. Um, Justin Herbert is going to make a whole bunch of crazy plays that look incredible. But then Anthony Lynn is going to make a really, 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 really bad decision. And the Raiders are going to win because of that. Yeah. Sounds like the chart. Um, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to win too. I don't know how close it's particularly going to be, but uh, we'll see. That's uh, a it's a nice garbage game to almost end Thursday night football. We got one more week of it next week, and that's it. God, it's sad, man. This year. With everything going on this year, it's it's just made football season go exponentially faster. I know it's sad. Making me and and it sucks and I hate it. Yeah. Like I feel like we couldn't even really enjoy football season this year. Just, yeah, like just we have back. it has been enjoying it has been fun and enjoying, but like it just it doesn't feel the same, obviously. Yeah. But we'll yeah, see. I agree. But yeah, that's but anyway, yeah, I think football, 
Twitter. Uh, go go to Twitter. Yeah. And follow us at at FadPod. It's F A D P O D. You can go to Patreon and become Corey's friend. Even though Corey's sleeping right now, he'll still be your friend. I sure hope so. I hope he doesn't stop becoming my being my friend while he's sleeping. You know what I mean? I you know that would be that would be really sad. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna sign off. I love you. And he loves you. Wow. That's what I went with this. That's what I went with this episode. Wow.